Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus your inside pass to everything Saints football. We'll take you to the places most fans never go. To practice, to the sideline, to the locker room. Following every twist, Hakeem drops the ball! Turn, picks a flow! And touchdown Hell is frozen over. of the 2022 season. It is going to be covered by the Saints for a touchdown! Welcome to Inside Black and Gold. Oh, baby! Welcome in, Saints fans. Another edition of your favorite Black and Gold podcast, Inside Black and Gold, with Steve Geller along with Jeff Nowak. We're going to be touching on some news and notes and then be getting some inside Bengals news with Mike Petralia, host of the Jungle Roar podcast, also the Bengals reporter for CLNS Media. 
Jeff, we're heading into week six. How are you feeling about this matchup? I know we got a lot of some news and notes to touch on as well. Yeah, I mean, this is going to be an interesting matchup for a few reasons, right? One of those reasons is you play again on Thursday night, a week from when we are recording this podcast. So you are playing two football games in the span of five days. And so if you have players that are you're on the fence about, right, that your options are either play through something or make sure they are good for next week, you know, you have to consider that, right? I understand you're two and three and you can't get too cute. But I I think that's going to be a factor. So we're going to get into some of that. We're going to get into some of what we saw from the players today. We also want to talk about Rashid Shahid. I got a chance to talk to him in the locker room this week, and we're going to hear from him. I can confirm that he's going to be a practice squad elevation this week. He's going to be involved on the punt and kick return teams. I don't know whether he's going to be the primary on both, but he's going to be involved. So we're going to talk a lot about that. And then we're just going to get into, you know, some of the expectations that I have and Steve has for the Bengals this week, for all those players we know we know almost too well in the Trey Hendrickson, Zedai Apples, Von Bell, Jamar Chase, Joe Burrow. I think I got them all. You know, and, and it's going to be an interesting week for sure. And shout out to Rashid Shahid just because he's probably the my most favorite name to say on this roster. It's just fun. Yeah, it just rolls off the tongue. It's a fast name for a fast guy. You know, we can just get right into it with Rashid. So the reason he's a really intriguing guy to watch this week is Deontay Hardy went down with a foot injury. It's said to be turf toe. He's not on injured reserve. And so we can get into that a little bit too in terms of, you know, you're calling someone up in the practice squad. And we saw what can happen with those guys. They can get signed by other teams. So we'll get into a little bit of that. And so this is a guy who he is the FCS career leader in uh, in kick return touchdowns with seven. He's obviously out of Weber State. I did ask him if he's met Dame Lillard. He has. So in case you're wondering, another Weber State guy, they're friends. Maybe we can get Dame Lillard to a Saints game. I'm just saying. It could be, it could happen. So you should root for Rashid Shahid if you are a Dame Lillard fan because you want to see him in the dome hanging out next to CJ McCollum. That's all I have to say. That's all I have to say. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm just saying if you have Rashid Shahid knows knows Dame Lillard, CJ McCollum, his former teammate. I I, I don't know. I don't know. I I'm love, just saying. I love planting these little seeds already. I love it. I don't I don't know if Dame Lillard is if listens to our podcast, but if he does, uh, you know you have a seat. Just come take it. <laughs> Anyway, here, here's I, I got to talk to Rashid a little bit, and here's some exclusive audio from him in the locker room this week. Uh, have a listen. I know you haven't actually returned the kick in a live NFL game yet, mm-hmm. but I, I'm curious, you know, what are some of the differences that you've noticed just mm-hmm. in the return game from college to the pros? I know there's some absolutely. rule differences. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's a little different because in college you can't double team. Right. So, so now um, I'm seeing double teams, and, you know, guys are, you know, a lot faster. You know, guys get down the field much much faster. Um, the bigger, of course, um, coming from FCS level uh, to the NFL, you know, the, the speed is, is going to change a lot. Um, but so so far I feel like I, I, I'll handle it perfectly fine and you know we'll, I'll get my feet wet and it'll just take off from there gotcha. yeah and I, I've always felt like you know there are a lot of things like just from observing you can understand what it's like right. I feel like looking up at a ball and catching it as you know these people are racing right. downfield trying to blow you up is <laughs> something that you can't even fathom unless you've done right. it I mean mm-hmm. how do you just kind of go blank in those moments like how do you kind of 
forget about the fact that these guys are trying to take your head off. Right, right. You kind of just have to focus in on the ball, really. You know, the ball is everything. You know, um, you got to secure it um, once you catch it. Every, everything after that is kind of easy. You know, just you just it's just playing football after you catch the ball when it's in the air. You know, punt return. You know, you gotta you just gotta believe in your guys and know that that they're gonna hold up and block for you and kick return as well. And um, you know, the ten other guys, as long as they do their job, that my job is easy. So. Yeah. I, the other thing that I feel like in the kick return game that gets overlooked is like just feeling kicks and right. saving yards, mm-hmm. right? Because right. I think that's something that Sean always mentioned about Deontay. Mm-hmm. He was able to get up field and field punts that people at the end of the game don't even remember, right. but it saved you 15, 20, 30 yards. Exactly. And I'm just curious, what goes into that decision Like as you're trying to decide whether to let it bounce or whether to mm-hmm. try to get under it where you know you right. might risk maybe muffing it? Yeah, yeah. so um, you always want to try to get under the ball and you don't want to... The ball can bounce all types of ways, you right. know what I'm saying? So you don't want to lose the yards for your team. You always want to try to run up under and catch it no matter how hard it is. Um, so, yeah, yards, and, and it's a game of inches. So, you know, every yard counts. So if we can steal a couple yards, it doesn't matter if it's one or two. Um, you know, so it's always huge. So in any return game, very excited about the opportunity. And um, to play for a guy like Riz, it's, it's, it makes it even more fun because he, he's a fiery guy, you know, and he, and he believes in me, and that just gives me confidence to go out there and play. Yeah, and, and one of the things that strikes you when you talk to Rashid, very outgoing guy, very happy to have a chance in the NFL. He's a guy who probably was going to get drafted, but tore his ACL in his final career college game. That is tragic, right? I mean, this is a moment that he probably expected to have. And then, you know, you go down with that injury. You don't know, especially as a kick returner, a guy who relies on pure athleticism so much to go down with that injury. You know, it's been a long road back for him. And it's just cool to see him get an opportunity, I think. Yeah, and we talked about a little, I think, last podcast, the fact that it really felt like this Saints team was trying to hide him this offseason and in the preseason, not giving him any touches at all. So other teams got a glimpse of what this guy's capable of. Um, I will say I thought it was interesting during the joint practices with the Green Bay Packers when Jameis Winston was, you know, nursing his injury, his back injury, and dealing with some things that there was a point where Winston left the practice and went to the Packers' indoor practice facility, and he went inside with Rashid Shahid, I would assume, to work on things with each other, uh, not in front of, you know, obviously uh, the crowd that was there kind of thing. So they got to do some work off to the side. Really interested to see what this guy can do, obviously, in the return game, maybe in the offense just for the sheer fact, you know, looking at the injury report, Still no Jarvis Landry. Still no Michael Thomas. Good news, Chris Olave at least upgraded to limited after not practicing. And, man, that's a huge su- surprise to me to see him progressing through the NFL concussion protocol, obviously, after that serious – what looked like a really serious injury on Sunday. Yeah, and just to kind of tie up that point on Rashid, so you, I think you are 100% correct that the Saints are trying to hide him in the preseason. And you might be saying, well, what's different now? Well – they were going to cut him and put him on the practice squad. So that meant that he had to go through waivers. And you wanted to make sure that no one got it in their mind they wanted to claim this guy on waivers as he's just like, oh, we need a kick returner. Boom. You saw that happen with ASAP Winston earlier in the offseason, right? Yeah. And so what's different now is you can elevate him from the practice squad and you can bring him back down to the practice squad. Now, other teams can poach him if they if they want to sign him, but he has to agree to that deal. That is not the case on waivers, Right. You can just claim someone and then continue them on that contract. So it's a different situation. Now, the reason you wouldn't sign him 
is there's a chance where, okay, you bring him up to the 53. He doesn't look good. You know, he, he needs more time. He's not ready. And then in order to get him back on the practice squad, you'd have to cut him and put him through waivers again. You don't want to do that, right? So I think it's a better scenario for the Saints for them to go this route, see how he looks. If Deontay doesn't seem like he's going to come back, then you have some options in terms of how you can go about the rest of the season. But I did think it was interesting that Deontay didn't go on injured reserve this week. Uh, he, there's still a chance that he does. But I think there's a chance what's happening here is, you know, you know Deontay's going to be out for a few weeks. You can call up Rashid as many as three times before you have to sign him to the active roster. And so I think that might be what they're doing is they're trying to figure out just how much time Deontay's going to miss. But as you mentioned, Chris Olave getting back into drills today is massive for his potential availability because, you know, the issue for him is not, you know, for guys like Mike Thomas, Jarvis Landry, you know, these are these are soft tissue injuries, right? These are these are injuries that you need time to heal. For Chris, it's just about clearing the concussion protocol. And for him to already be back on the field means he is not exhibiting any symptoms. Because if he was exhibiting literally any symptoms whatsoever of a concussion, he would not be allowed to be in drills with his teammates. That's just like straight across the board. That is the rules when it comes to concussions, right? We saw last year Taysom was still seeing symptoms like weeks after he took that hit against Washington. And so I think it means one of two. Th- it, mean, it means a few things. One, it means that I think Chris Olave has not had many concussions in his life <laughs> because it is a situation where the more you have, the harder they are to recover from. So that's a good thing for him. And it's also a situation where maybe the hit wasn't as bad as it looked in real time. And that's, you know, only good things can be taken away from the fact that he was out there today. Yeah, and and because we know as well, ever since the incident that recently happened with Tua Tunga-Vailoa, the NFL and the NFLPA got together. And there's it's a lot more strict even with the concussion protocol going on right now. So I, I was just impressed to see, obviously, yesterday he was at practice. I mean, on uh, Tuesday. On Wednesday, he was at practice uh, doing stuff off to the side, not doing the team drills, and didn't see him now being fully involved with the team on Thursday's practice. Yeah, huge positive sign going into Friday and hopefully Sunday because right now the the wide receiving core is thin. You know, that's that's not an overstatement right there. Yeah, and I think the, the odds makers also got expected him to be out because Absolutely. he slipped behind no no not even in terms of this game he slipped behind Brees Hall in the rookie of the year uh futures odds wow and i think it's like you know you're anticipating oh he's going to miss a few games right, right. Uh, but if he doesn't end up missing a few games i still think he's got to be the favorite to win rookie of the year he not only has been excellent he leads all rookies in catches and yards uh as a receiver right He's been the the he has been the offense for the Saints in the last few weeks. I mean, notwithstanding Taysom Hill and, and Alvin Kamara this last game, but in the receiving game, he has been the offense. And it's looking very much like with Michael Thomas and Jarvis Landry again being out the first two days of practice, it's hard to believe they get on the field Friday and are suddenly good to go on Sunday. It's just when you've already missed a week, they've had a week and a half to get to get right. Why would they suddenly be right on Friday? and ready to play on Sunday. I just, I have a hard time seeing that to be true. It's just really nice to see, obviously, too, the Saints have a swing, and it looks like a home run with this first-round draft pick. And I mentioned to you today, I think, uh, or in the past, the fact that, man, Peyton Turner, another guy that hasn't practiced again all week so far, and just a concern at defensive end, at least for me, just for the fact that 
his injury history and his inability to stay on the field for this team at a position that's so vital, obviously that that position opposite of Cam Jordan to go with you know that rotation with Marcus Davenport at defensive end. I just feel like you know there's there's a huge concern there just because of the fact that it just seems to be one thing after another with Peyton Turner. Yeah, and this time it's a chest injury, right? It's not it's not just one thing. Right. The, I do get I I do get a little concerned with a chest injury just because, you know, in a lot of instances that'll be like a pectoral issue and, you know, when you when you injure your pec, it means that something bad happened. You know, like it's it's not an issue an area of your body you can injure like in a minor way, right? Something mm-hmm. bad happened. Uh so hopefully it's not a major thing and he can get back, but yeah, we haven't seen him even in the locker room. So that, and that's never a good sign. Like you can usually tell even if someone's not at practice, if they're around the team and you can and you see them kind of wandering in and out of the locker room. Like that was the case with Paulson Adebo, right? Like right. he was usually absent and then when he was about ready to come back, he was he was in the locker room more often and you know, we haven't seen that with Peyton. So I don't know how close or how far he is, but he's not on injured reserve. Um, that's a good sign. Like PJ Williams went on injured reserve last week with a quad injury. So that's going to be something to watch. But I think that Marcus Davenport and Cam Jordan can get the job done, right? That's the that's the positive thing you can say from a health perspective is Cam is a robot. Cyborg, you know, right, whatever. Exactly. It took a global <laughs> pandemic to get him off the field for even one week, right? <laughs> And then Marcus, you know, that has been one of the bright spots of this season in terms of, you know, the pass rush hasn't been hasn't been blowing anyone off the field. But when's the last time you got through five games and could say Marcus hadn't missed a single one of them? You, well, know? you know what's really great, though, after those questions, after the first two games, the last three games for this Saints team, three sacks in every single game after that. So nine sacks the past three games, really big improvement from the pass rush. I mean, I tried to tell you that the first two games weren't a real thing. They were very much a mirage based well, on the RPO and then Tom Brady. But yeah, no one wanted to believe me. No, that that I thought your film breakdown with Brady was fantastic. It was like 1.89 seconds, whatever it was, that he was getting the ball out. It wasn't the smoking gun that people thought it was in terms of the defensive pass rush isn't doing its job. It was kind of like you can't really make any no take any conclusions from it whatsoever. They may have been bad. But we would never know because Tom Brady never gave you the chance to know. And that was the case with with Marcus Mariota, too. You know, I think they, there are points where they get they, they get hung on blocks a little too much. Right. I think in Minnesota, that was the case. You know, early in the game, they struggled to get to the passer. They got better as the game went on. And then as you leave guys on the field and especially this is where not having Peyton Turner affects you because you don't have that rotation that you might normally have. Yeah. And these guys get winded toward the end of games, right? Cam Jordan has actually been playing fewer snaps this year than he has throughout his career. I think he's down to like 80, 85% of the snaps, where in past seasons, you would literally be playing 100% of the defensive snaps. And I think that while Cam hasn't really slowed down, like markedly, right? Like he's still the Cam Jordan, you know, he's still racking up sacks. I think, you know, at this point in his career, you do have to be more cognizant of, if we can keep him fresh, you want to do that, right? Like there's a big difference between Cam Jordan tired and t- Cam Jordan rested. And we saw that at the end of last season, like it was, you know, it's it's frustrating as all hell that he his Ironman streak had to end because of COVID. But did he not look like when he got a week off and came back, like a completely different player in terms of like he's fresh? Right. Because it sure did to me. You know, and so I think that when you look at that and you kind of can draw a line from like, yeah, if we can keep him, we can be a little smarter about making sure he is not like gasping for air at the end of a game, you know, he can be more productive. And uh, I think 
He's been really good the last few weeks. And when he's good, Marcus Davenport uh, seems to feed off of that. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. And yeah, just like you mentioned with Cam, though, it's like he's a guy that he wants to be out there 99.9% of the snaps. You see him, it's a surprise every week, I guess to me, the fact that he's not getting a Veterans Day rest, or it's very rarely that you see Cam Jordan, you know, taking a Wednesday off just to to get a break as a veteran. Uh, just someone who obviously loves the game and loves being around this team and wants to be that leader, that contributor constantly. Uh, uh, one, one of the best maybe draft picks of all time for this squad, honestly. Yeah, no, that's that's exactly what it is. He just loves the game of football, yeah. you know. And and I think that's an underrated thing. And it's like when you see a guy kind of flame out, I think that no one ever talks about that. Like all these guys are talented, right? You don't get to the NFL unless you're a supremely talented player. You don't get drafted in the first round unless you're an incredibly talented player. But like Vic Beasley is a good example. I talked to Thomas Dimitrov about this actually, who drafted Vic Beasley. And it was like, you know what? He was a great player. He led the league in sacks in the year they went to the Super Bowl. And then it was just like, you know, he just didn't like it. He, he, like he's, he just wasn't, his heart wasn't in it. And then he fell off as a player because you have to be committed. You have to be 10 toes in to play at, at an NFL level every week. And not everyone has that. And Cam does. And that's why he's been able to be this effective this late in his career. Demario is another good example. Like if you aren't fully committed to taking care of your body and making sure you are where you need to be every week, you're going to struggle. And speaking of another player who I think does a really good job taking care of his body, Alvin Kamara, we asked him this week if he was feeling good. He said he's feeling better yeah, than he did last that. week. So that's a good sign because, you know, anytime you're dealing with a rib injury, you worry that you take a shot to the rib, it gets a little worse. He was also asked about the other guy who's impossible to tackle, which is Taysom Hill, and he, here's what he had to say about that. Yeah, you know what's crazy? Like, we keep running that play and nobody can stop it. So I think it's Taysom at this point. Uh, it's hard to tackle him. I mean, the dude is... A freak, um, athletic. I mean, can can do everything you want him to do: block, run, catch. He could probably kick, um, you know. So tackling him, uh, I wouldn't. I don't know. I'll probably, I'll probably try to go for his legs. I think Pete Carmichael got asked the same question. He was like, "Yeah, I would admit, I would miss on purpose. Yeah, I wouldn't. I'm not trying to tackle that guy, but I don't think Pete Carmichael would want to tackle anybody. So that's kind of a weird question. But either way, he's giving you the the ole block on that. Yeah. And, um... I don't know if you had the clip queued up at all, but I thought it was really interesting what Kamara had to say about Andy Dalton as well on, on how much, you know, the, the team really rallies around him. Guys cling to him. He, he has a certain leadership quality and a certain poise to him. That, um, I mean, I think the guys gravitate towards too. Um, smart, obviously. I mean, the quarterback, he's been in this league for a while. He knows what he wants to get to. He knows what he wants to do. Um, I mean, you know, some, sometimes, you know, you kind of look at the quarterback like he's like, like, you can't talk to him, but Andy's the first one talking. You know, if he sees something or if he likes something, you know, he, he comes and tells us or he'll, he'll tell Pete, he'll tell DA. And, um, I mean, that's that's great to have um, a quarterback that's community, communi- that's able to communicate uh, that way. Um, and, I mean, he just he just about having fun. Like, he really like he, he, he want to have a swag out there. So, you know, um, I think just him having that type of demeanor and that type of poise, you know, it, it helps the guys around him. I know exactly what you're going to say. Which quarterback does he not feel com- like he can go and talk to? Right. That's a right. weird thing to say. But I do, you know, obviously That's this is a guy who played with Drew Brees. Sure, right. So, you know, I don't know if it's necessarily that um, because he's a guy who who encountered Drew Brees for the first time in like year 16. So I think I'm going to give Alvin the benefit of the doubt 
in the sense that I don't think I think he's a savvy enough person that he wouldn't have said that if he was referring to Jameis. And he's played with several quarterbacks in his career. But it's a it's a weird thing to hear when you're talking about a backup and you're like suddenly he's like, oh, yeah, we can go talk to him. Right. And yeah, that's it's a it's a weird thing to hear. Um, because I'm sure you feel the same way. The personality and the demeanor of Jameis Winston, you wouldn't think that would be an issue at all. I'm going to be diplomatic when I say this. But so one of the things that bugs me about Jameis Winston is he doesn't answer your questions. Well, sure. He's a, he's right. a platitudes guy. And when things are going well, that works. When things are going well, sure, right. I got to protect the ball better, blah, blah, blah. Like you're not really answering questions. You're just going, you're just, you're catchphrasing, right? And when things aren't going as well, you need someone who's just going to stand up there and be honest. And I think that's true for the media. That's what you want as a media member. And I think that's what you want as a, as a player. And obviously I'm not in that locker room. I have no idea how he interacts with his teammates. But just from my, what I've been able to observe with Jameis is that's that's what he comes off to me as a platitudes guy. And you know, Chris Richard is the same way. Everyone loves Chris Richard, and I think he's an excellent defensive defensive coordinator for this team, co-defensive coordinator. But I think that when you're talking about like a guy who you need to go up and be able to talk to and be honest with, that doesn't always work. So that's what I wonder about. I don't know if it's true. I don't know if it's if it is right. an issue. But if if there is an issue with kind of bringing things up to him, I think that's what it would be. Is you know, you just need someone who's gonna who's gonna listen and then give you an honest response and. As a as, from a media perspective, I don't always feel that from James. No, I would definitely agree, and that does from from our aspect. Uh, you know, talking with him gets to be frustrating. I don't know honestly how the interaction is with the rest of his team, but you know, from what we heard of him being, you know, that locker room guy, you know, fun loving Jameis, he seems a bit silly. I would just think that the communication would be pretty easy with him. It was just. That's why I thought today when when Kamara, you know, had those comments, it's like, wait a minute, who who are you directing that to exactly? But with with Andy Dalton too, we were mentioning the fact that it's really interesting the fact he's could be going against, you know, his old team for a third straight year now, uh, despite playing for two other NFC squads. So it just seems like destiny that he's always matched up with the Cincinnati Bengals. And he started both those games. And keep in mind, he was not the starter for the Cowboys until Dak Prescott went down with an ankle injury. He was the starter for the Bears, but then he got benched for Justin Fields. So, like, it wasn't even a guarantee that he was the starter at that point in the season, but both both times he was. And he, so he's played. he's managed to play the Bengals uh, the past two seasons, and I would bet money that he's the starter this week. And, you know, we're going to get into a lot more of this with Mike Petralia, but... I think the the reason for that for me is, you know, this is a guy who you haven't been able to get on the field for two consecutive weeks. And I don't think that you want to put him on the field and then wonder about his availability for Thursday night football. I think it would make a lot more sense to give Andy a third start. And he's played well enough that you're not concerned about that, right? Like it's it's not a it's not an issue of like, okay, Andy can't win this game. Like if it was if this was Trevor Simeon, I would be like, man, I don't know if he has the juice. I think Andy does have the juice to get through this game. And then you come back Thursday night football fresh and you don't have to worry about Andy coming back in a short week. So that's another benefit. I thought something that was also interesting from Wednesday's comments, talking to the coordinators, P Carmichael Jr. Saying that the offense has been in a really good rhythm the past two weeks and, you know, being efficient on first and second down to set up those 
you know, manageable third down situations, which we weren't seeing early on, to give Jameis some leeway there. He was banged up dealing with the the back and the ankle issue, but I mean, there's no denying that things have run a little smoother with Dalton in so far. Yeah, well, they've also been playing terrible defenses. So, right, absolutely. Like it's, I, I, I don't know, guys. Like, <laughs> you go play the Seahawks, you put up 39 points. That's kind you of better. the deal, right? right? You better. The put Lions up put up now. 45 the week before that. Exactly. Like, circumstances matter. It's like saying, well, you have a seven and two starting quarterback sitting over there in Taysom Hill. You know the teams he played, right? The opponents matter. The situation matters. He has played very well in a backup role, and that's what you need out of him. That's why you signed him. But I'm so tired of hearing like, wow, the offense is is, is looking incredible. It's like the offense is the offense. You played bad teams. You you beat one of them. You have to continue to improve on the offensive side of the ball, and I think you do that by bringing your starting quarterback back and hoping that as a healthy person, he can he can play better. But anyway, that's that's my thing. Yeah, and one, and one thing for me, I don't know why it gets, I guess because we're still early on in the season and people want to have something to talk about is the fact that what keeps getting mentioned constantly is what is the identity of of this offense? What what does this offense want to do? Well, I think it's pretty clear that you you want to pound the ball with your guys like Alvin Kamara and a Taysom Hill and then being able to to, to hit some shots with your guys like an, a Chris Olave and hopefully Mike Thomas and Jarvis Landry getting back into the mix. But this team is definitely a run-first ball club. I think every team would prefer to be a run-first ball club. That's kind of what Pete said today. It's like, would you rather throw the ball 60 times or run the ball 48 times? It's like, if you're running the ball 48 times, things are usually right, going. Controlling well. the clock, right. Right. Every team would love to have a run-first identity because that means you are succeeding in the run game, and life is a lot easier for you as an NFL team if you're succeeding in the run game. That's what happened against the Seahawks, and that's what they would love to happen every week. If they can't run the ball, they're going to go right back to being a passing football team. So I don't think I don't think we have any idea what the identity of this team is yet, but I do know they are a team whose identity is we need to win a football game and get back to 500. So that's what uh, that's what I'm going to give them going into Week Six. Well, I just think like when you had a game where Drew Brees was maybe passing 40 times a game, you felt like you could still win. You had a chance to win. But with the current situation with Jameis or with Andy Dalton, and if you're passing that many times, that's not a good sign for this team at all. No, especially when when your wide receiver one is Marquez Callaway. <laughs> right. Actually, yeah, there's, yeah. there's a lot of you know, circumstances all around it. Right. Hopefully it's Olave. But again, you know, he's not a guarantee. There's a chance you go into this game with the 2020 receiving core. Minus Deontay Hardy. Unreal. Plus Keith Kirkwood. <laughs> <laughs> he's back. Keith. I got to hang out with Keith the other night at the Touchdown Club of New Orleans. Keith's a really good guy. I've never I hadn't gotten a chance to kind of sit with him and talk to him. Uh he was telling me about how much Carolina sucked. <laughs> wow, really, huh? Well, not not the team, just like just Charlotte. He didn't okay. want to be like he he was like, I was so happy to come back to New Orleans. Like I just didn't enjoy it up there. And I was like, I don't blame you. I lived up in South Carolina for a while and I prefer it down here. Thought that was funny. That was like he I didn't even ask him about Charlotte. That was like the so, first thing I, so I was what like, is oh, it about enjoyed the vibe of Carolinas. I figured you at least got good barbecue, but it's just not a really hop in place. He just didn't really care for the atmosphere. Okay. He, and he's like, you know, he's a Matt Rule guy. He went to Temple with Matt Rule as his head coach. So it's right, like he knows yeah. Matt Rule well. He enjoyed the team. And he was with a bunch of his Saints teammates, right? He had Teddy throwing the ball. But yeah, it was it was kind of funny. But all right, that's a that's a tangent. Let's let's get this thing back on track. We have Mike Petralia, host of the Jungle War Pod, coming at you. We're gonna get 
into a lot of the Saints players who left and are coming back this weekend and all those LSU players who left and are coming back this weekend. Stick around for that on Inside Black and Gold brought to you by the Lamarck Automotive Complex. There must be a reason. Oh, and before we go, and uh, Mike tries to dispute this, who that came first.